The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey folks, so we are full steam ahead on our Lakers legacy free agency coverage this offseason. Want a well-organized way to keep up with all the random names and contractual minutia that we'll be spitting in the forthcoming episodes? Well, we've created a seven-page mega free agency doc for our Patreon listeners with a comprehensive list of relevant free agents this offseason, categorized by market value, mini MLE, vet minimum, etc., position, and free agency status. Unrestricted free agent, restricted free agent, club option, player option, partially guaranteed, etc., etc. So yeah, we just think it'll be a great accompaniment to our forthcoming free agency episodes where you'll probably be wondering where in our butts we pulled certain names from. So to get that, please go to patreon.com slash thelakerslegacypodcast. Donate as little as a buck and that document is yours. Otherwise, please support us by leaving us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. So with that said, thank you for your support. And now, on with the showtime. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where if you've seen the Showtime-inspired HBO Max miniseries Winning Time that has Lakers greats like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jerry West all up in arms, well, check out the Laker front office's version of it this summer. It's called Winging Time. And man, are the Lakers going to have to wing it this offseason to try and find any capable and competent swingman with length that they can because the market in that department this year is looking mighty barren. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. And today we are continuing our early free agency coverage by taking a quick streamlined look into this year's free agent wings from a bargain bin perspective. So we'll do that first, and then we'll turn to the trade market to find some wings or players with size using THT once again as the central part of that package. But first, let's look at this paltry wings market. So Tommy, I did a quick look at the lower tier, lower end list of wings that we could potentially look at this offseason, and it does not look good. 
especially now that Robert Covington has re-signed with the Clippers, that takes one of the sadly premier wings off the market, leaving literally Otto Porter Jr. and TJ Warren as the top wings left uh, in the unrestricted free agency market. And so I guess for the purposes of this episode, let's say Otto Porter Jr. and TJ Warren are out of the picture for us. And they're likely not going to be a part of the Lakers discussion because at this point, they're probably going to get the non-taxpayer MLE or the Lakers will be outbid for them. So at that point, let's say Malik Monk takes our mini MLE and we only have vet minimums left to use. Here are the lower end wings after the Otto Porter Jr. tier that the Lakers have to look at. You ready for this? Yes. Kyle Anderson. So his last contract, he was making $9 million a year. So I don't even know. He might be more of a mini MLE guy, but I'm just going to put him on this list. Kyle Anderson, 6'9", 7'3", wingspan. Still only 28, slow-mo. He was not a defender in college, but I think in the NBA, especially the last few years, he's actually been a pretty solid defender, even with how slow he is. So there's Kyle Anderson. The more realistic guys who maybe fall into the minimum are Torian Prince, Derek Jones Jr. He was making the Emily this past season, but he was like injured for most of the season and didn't really show much, but he's still, you know, the athletic wingy guy that we always remember. Torian Prince, Derek Jones Jr., Jeremy Lamb, Josh Jackson, Jarrett Culver, Rodney Magruder, Danwell House, Rodney Hood. Out of the established names. How does that list look like? What is, how does that list sound to you? Uh, it sounds awful. Thank you for asking. Um, no, I think you're right. Last year, the free agent stock wasn't so great. And I feel like this year, thinking that's why the, you know, I, as we've talked ad nauseum about the uh, Westbrook situation becomes so tricky because it's like if we're not getting a wing back in a trade for him, it's like you see limited paths to improve in free agency. Yeah. So out of that list, who would you. Uh, who would you try and get? Um, and for what, for what kind of, are you thinking? I think minimum, minimum, minimum. maybe, maybe at most BAE, if we're able to open up that and be under the tax apron. I'm kind of partial to Derek Jones Jr. I know he, you know, yeah, he, he's just at least brings athleticism. I think like all of those players are flawed, right? But Derek Jones Jr. I think you can somewhat realistically get for the minimum. And he at least is elite as an as an athlete. Um, so it, I would probably lean there. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Torian Prince would be a nice, solid option. He actually had a decent year with Minnesota, but he's definitely more of the boring option. Outside of Derek Jones Jr., I think we've discussed this before, but I'd you know, give Jarrett Culver another shot and just see if we can mine some Stanley Johnson upside there. Um, but you know who we're going to go with, right? Out of this list. Kyle Anderson? Is that what you're, were you going to no, say? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. I was going to say Jeremy Lamb because... Oh, yeah. Jeremy <laughs> Lamb linked to the Lakers for the last two decades somehow, even though he wasn't in the NBA that long. I know. So I, he was making like... His last contract, he was making like $10 million a year. So I don't know if he'd dip all the way to the minimum, but he barely did anything last season. So it's plausible. Um but yeah, I could definitely see Jeremy Lamb being an option. So now we quickly diverge into like G League guys. Okay, uh-huh. actually before the G League guys, I looked up some 
guys who uh, their teams have club options on them. So they may become free agents um, and also some non-guaranteed guys that would add to this list. So wingy players, and maybe they, they morph more into tweeners as well, tweener power forwards. And these, and these are guys who their teams have club options on them, so they may choose not to exercise those and make them free agents. But add to the pile, uh, Jalen McDaniels from the Charlotte Hornets, Trey Lyles from the Sacramento Kings, Hamadou Diallo from the Detroit Pistons, Jay Sean Tate from the Houston Rockets, O'Shea Brissett from the Indiana Pacers, and then everybody's favorite, Kynrich Williams has a non-guaranteed contract with the OKC Thunder. Depending on whether or not we make a trade with them and they actually pick up that option and send him off to us uh, remains to be seen, but he does have a non-guaranteed contract and could just be a unrestricted free agent. So out of that crop of people that I've added, anybody interest you? I think Williams and OKC is an interesting player. I don't think we're going to really have a realistic chance of getting him because I think OKC knows he has some value around the league. Mm -hmm. Um, That's honestly kind of it. I mean, Jay Sean Tate, I feel like has shown some flashes in Houston, but I mean, none of these guys you can just sort sort of point at and be like, oh, for sure they would be better than like Stanley or Wenyan, you know? So look at O'Shea Brissett. So I play fantasy basketball. This is why I know O'Shea Brissett. But he is a six foot seven wing with a seven foot wing span. And he did some interesting stuff last year for the Pacers, but also this year. Um, shot 42% from three last year, hitting 1.6. This year, 35% on 1.2. But he had some pretty big games to close the season for. Yeah, a meaningless Indiana Pacers team, but he, because of his size and his length, would be intriguing to me. I just don't know, again, with this front office, that they would go for such a raw, unproven talent regardless. But if they took a shot at him, I would not be mad. Kind of similar to the Jay Sean Tate thing. He definitely has more length than Tate because I think Jay Sean Tate is six foot five. Mm. He has a six foot eight wingspan, plays a little bit more like a power forward. So, yeah, of those guys, I would look at Jay Sean Tate and O'Shea Brissett. And actually, also Jalen McDaniels. I like his length. He's the brother of um, Jaden McDaniels. He is very raw. He has that very, like, uh, Brandon Ingram t- type body and frame. But. I like his length as well. I think he has, he's six foot nine, and I think he has, I'm looking up wingspans as we speak, seven foot wingspan as well. He's six foot ten, seven foot wingspan. So I would not mind a flyer on Jalen McDaniels either. Uh, two other guys that I want to quickly mention are Troy Brown Jr. and Josh Akogi. Troy Brown Jr. of the Chicago Bulls, formerly a lottery pick number 15th pick of the Washington Wizards in 2018, and then Josh Okoge of the Minnesota Timberwolves, former number 20 pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves in the same draft, 2018. So both of these guys could become restricted free agents depending on whether or not their teams extend them their qualifying offers. But if they don't extend them that qualifying offer, they could come onto the market, and at which point, if the Lakers can take a flyer on any of these two guys for the minimum, I think that would be very smart. Troy Brown Jr. is 6'6", with a near 7-foot wingspan. He's sort of like a do-it-all small forward. I kind of liken him to Evan Turner, which is not a great comp, but a better comp might be, in terms of upside, like a lower-end 
less athletic version of Andre Iguodala. His best season with the Wizards came during his sophomore season when he averaged 10 points, 5.6 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.2 steals in just 25 minutes a game. He's a versatile defender. He can do stuff with the ball, can really play mix. So I really like Troy Troy Brown Jr. Look out for him. And then Josh Okogie. So he's on the smaller end of the spectrum. He's only 6'4", but he does have a 7-foot wingspan. So he's almost THT-esque in that respect. And you could maybe even play him up because of his length uh, wingspan-wise. Um, he has His stats are nothing to write home about. In fact, don't look at his stats. They're horrible. But... He has averaged 1.2 steals and 1.1 steals in limited minutes during his um, freshman and sophomore seasons. And with the Timberwolves, even this past season, in the limited amount of minutes he's gotten, he's usually deployed as a defensive player. And the Lakers could definitely use some point-of-attack defenders who can fight over screens and use their length to harass and bother primary initiators. So I think Josh Okogie would fall into that category. So yeah, look out for Troy Brown Jr. and Josh Okogie. Again, those are not sexy names, but they are former mid to late first round draft picks who are still young that could pop for you and that you may want to take a flyer on. Troy Brown Jr. is only 22 years old and Josh Okogie is only 23 years old. So they're still very, very young. So yeah, the wing crop is uh, not looking great. If we don't get a wing back in a Russell Westbrook trade, you have to hope that if the Lakers do plan on trading THT, that they, I don't know, swing the Cam Reddish trade again. He's on for one more year before he's up for restricted free agency, but they're going to have to be creative (laughs) trying to get wings after a year where they totally eschewed that position. You'd have to think that they're going to try and overcourse correct like they typically do when they miss out on something but it's going to be hard to overcourse correct unless they start unless they pick up all these randos like Jared Culver here we go Hamadou Diallo but I doubt they go that route so it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of G League prospects we've talked about them before there's still Casey Okpala still there Robert Woodard Tyler Bay this guy isn't necessarily a wing but Dante Exum's killing it overseas he's still only 27 26 i think so if we lose tht he would not be a bad guy to sort of take a gamble on again just because of his length so that's also a name to look out for but otherwise yeah the wing market not looking too hot any any other thoughts any last thoughts on the wing market yeah, I mean, this is just sort of solid. I'm kind of glad you went over this because <laughs> I didn't have like the patience to look at the very depressing list of uh, potential free agents. But it really does solidify the fact that if we are going to load up with a little bit of wing depth, and we're, I guess, fortunate that we have Lenyon and Stanley to sort of take that deep bench wing depth on, you know, on a hopefully contending team. Um, we'll need to get at least like one or two more wings. It's a wing dominant league right now. And it's going to have to come via the Westbrook trade, or if we end up getting more guard depth via the Westbrook trade, like you mentioned, then via a THT trade to sort of rebalance the roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess another name to look out for, though, he is older. He's the oldest out of this crop would be PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker has a player option for around $7 next year, and he's going to be... 37 years old next season. I think he only opts out of that to get a longer-term deal. And at this point, 
the Lakers would probably have to use the mini MLE of around $6 million on him, maybe even for a two or three year deal. So there's PJ Tucker. And then there's also Nicholas Batum of the Clippers. And Batum has a player option of $3.3 million next season. He's going to be 34 years old. The re-signing of Robert Covington may make things a little bit murky on his end, but the Clippers will have his early bird rights, so they may be able to sign him to around, I think, $10 million or 8 to $10 million. We'll see if they do that now that they have uh, Robert Covington in the wings. Um, but yeah, there's, there's Batum. You would take Batum, right? I mean, it's so tricky. I, I would take Batum for sure, but after the season that we went through, I have PTSD trying to sign anybody over 32 or even 30, so... I mean, yeah, I would take Batum. I just don't think we have a chance of getting him because of the bird ride situation. He's one of those classic guys, though, where you get him on our team and he all of a sudden is back to, like, you know, he, he has a variance and he's going to be at the low end of his variance when he's, when he's with us. Yeah, no, seriously. But counterpoint, to get back to what I alluded to with the Clippers re-signing Robert Covington, I think that could actually be a big factor in whether or not they retain Batum at this point. Because the Clippers are now paying Robert Covington $12 million next year, and it's going to be a lot more than that, like times three or times four in luxury tax, there is a chance that Nicholas Batum opts out for more money and that the Clippers won't be willing to pay that money because they just re-signed Robert Covington. So that's something to look out for. And maybe in that scenario, the Lakers could swoop in and sign Nicholas Batum for, you know, the mini MLE or the BAE if they have it. So that would be a pleasant surprise and pleasant turn of events. But in all likelihood, the Clippers just keep all their wings. But again, Kawhi is going to be coming back. Paul George is back next year. They've still got Marcus Morris. Now they've got Robert Covington. They've got to make a decision on Amir Coffey as well and make him a restricted free agent. So there is a slight chance that they just let Nicholas Batum go and Batum tries to get a higher contract from another team. So that's definitely something to look out for. All right, so that'll do it for our first segment. This is a very, very early look at the very sparse and barren wing market. We're going to take it to break. And when we return, we're going to turn our sights to trades. Not specifically the Russell Westbrook trade, but a THT trade package once again this time to see if the Lakers can, instead of trying to find a wing in a very limited wing market, see if they can find that wing via trade using THT. So we will catch you guys after the turn with those options. All right, so in the first segment, we talked about how depressingly shallow the wing market is in this year's free agency. Because of that market inefficiency, it's very likely that a lot of teams, teams always need wings, a lot of teams will probably outbid for guys like Otto Porter and maybe even a Derek Jones Jr. So in all likelihood, if the Lakers want to course correct and load up on some quality wings, they may have to turn to the trade market instead to do so. And while they obviously can try to get a wing or two back in a Russell, Russell Westbrook trade, for the purposes of this segment and this episode, I want to separate THT, none, and a future first out to see what the Lakers can get if they isolate those two packages. So Russell Westbrook trade on one end and then THT trade on another so the Lakers can sort of divide and conquer. 
So essentially, we're going to be revisiting trading THT, who holds a lot less value than he did at the beginning of the season when we put out, you know, some podcast episodes focusing on him as a trade asset. But I guess this summer, you can now mitigate THT's value loss by the fact that we might be attaching a first round draft pick to him. So 2027. So in this case, for the trade proposals I throw out, you may have to attach the first. For the purposes of this segment, I'm not going to include guys like Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes because one, I don't think their teams would do a THT trade, and two, you've already heard those names before a million a million times, so I'm going to give you some out-of-the-box newer deals that are on the lower end of the spectrum. And also, some of the names in these trade packages you may have heard in the first segment because they were TBD free agents with club options or player options. And so if you hear them included in a trade package, obviously it's assumed that that club option or that team option was exercised. So just keep that in mind. So Tommy, I'll throw out these trades to you in groups of three, and then you can give me your thoughts on if any of these piqued your interest. So the first category group grouping of three would be younger guys slash wings trading THT for younger guys slash wings. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Thank you for asking. Okay. You're welcome. Number one, <laughs> THT and none for Cam Reddish. Who's 22 years old. He has a, he's going to make $5.9 million this year. Next year, qualifying offer of $8.1 million next year. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> so, Cam Reddish and Nerlens Noel, he has a club oh. option of $9 million in 2023, and I think he's making around $8 million this next season. So both of these guys could be on for next year as well. So THT and Nunn for Reddish, 22 years old, and Noel, who I think is like 28 or 29. Number two trade. So remember that Reddish deal, which I think you'll remember. Number two, THT and Nunn for Terrence Ross. 31 years old, he's going to make $11 million the next two years, and Chuma Okiki, Chuma Okeke? Chuma yeah. Okiki, 6'7", seven, seven foot wingspan wing, former number 16 pick in 2019, he's only 24 years old, he's going to make $3 million the next two years, and then he has a qualifying offer that will make him a restricted free agent. So there's number two, THT and none for Chuma Okeke. THT and none for Chumo Kiki and Terrence Ross. Number three, THT for Kenrich Williams or Kynrich Williams. He's 28 years old. He's going to be on a non-guaranteed $2 million this next season, but that's probably going to be guaranteed by some team. Kenrich Williams, popular wing name that you've heard on Lakers Twitter. Forward Isaiah Roby, who's 24 years old. He has a club option of $1.9 million this next coming season. Uh, he has a seven foot three wingspan. He's a kind of tweener big who can sort of do everything. He can shoot a little bit from the outside. He rebounds the ball, can handle a little, play make a little. He's just not great in any one skill. So Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, and shooting guard Ty Jerome, who's going to make $4.2 million this year. And then next year has a qualifying offer of $6 million, which will make him a restricted free agent. He's only 25 years old. He shot a horrendous 29% from three this year, hitting 1.1 a game. But last year, he did hit 42% from three, hitting 2.2 a game. And is a pretty adequate and solid playmaker. So, out of the young guys, wings category. THT and none for Reddish and Noel. THT and none for Chuma and Terrence Ross. And then THT for Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, and Ty Jerome. Do any of those pique your interest? And which one would you kind of go with? Do all of them pique your interest? 
Okay, so actually none of them really piqued my interest. Oh, damn. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's not that I'm super high on THT, right? It's just more that I'm trying to... I'm getting very sick of this, like, you know, over compensation of, like, you know, when somebody just happens to be a Lakers player, we all, like, NBA... Twitter, NBA, Reddit, et cetera, has to pretend like this is the worst, most overrated player in the NBA. We've mm-hmm. seen it how many times now? I mean, we had people telling us Brandon Ingram is worse than Thon Maker, and then we have B.I. <laughs> like, you know, leading his team to, like, that's victories. Still up in the air. Yeah, and like, yeah, exactly. Still open. Um, B.I. leading his team to multiple victories in the playoffs, and people being like, I can't believe the Lakers traded B.I. for Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? This guy's going to be, you know, one of the best players in the NBA. Whatever. You know, and we all saw that. It for Famously, I think Flashes was Brandon Ingram, right? The first Flashes reference was, was yes. to uh, to Brandon Ingram back in the day. Um, same thing with Lonzo Ball. Like, he was on the Lakers, and he's like the laughingstock joke of the NBA, and he goes to the Bulls, and it's like, wow, Lonzo Ball's really an effective defender. You know, we saw it with Caruso. LeBron's meme buddy. Oh, he's just a white bald guy that plays with LeBron. And then he goes to the Bulls and it's like, actually, Alex Caruso is one of the best defensive guards in the league. And it's like, yeah, he has been for like the last, you know, so it's, I I guess I'm, maybe I am overcompensating a little bit, but I also like, we have now now had this history of so many times selling guys low. um, And I just don't want us to repeat the same mistake with THT. THT is still young. There's still like guys who are, his age who were drafted the last two years who also have been inconsistent or haven't shown, you know, anything uh, super consistently over, over their career so far. THT has been in a weird development situation, developmental situation. Most guys aren't forced to develop in the spotlight while their team is theoretically competing for a championship. He's finally gotten himself into good shape. Last season was like the first season he played with his new body. I, you know, he has things he needs to work on, obviously, but I am just worried about us continuing to make these same mistakes. I mean, you sure. could make the argument that, like, you know, if THT has another mediocre season or whatever, we'll be able to retain him for probably below market value on, like, a long-term deal then, you know? So it's like, then why not keep him? And then he really becomes a really valuable trade asset. It's like, it just is the case that sometimes you have to hold on to someone for a few years before they develop. Um Sure. And we've seen it so many times. I mean, I like your the angle you're taking, but I, I guess my counter argument would be we're going to be trading THT for guys who are around his age. So essentially, you know, yeah. Cam Reddish uh, and Shumo Kiki, who it's just kind of you're getting you're upgrading on size and hoping and banking on that they have the same potential as THT. So it's not like not one of those trades where you're trading for a veteran with a low capped upside. You're sort of just banking on it's kind of try, trying to just trade THT positionally, I, I guess. So do you have any thoughts on a Chumo KK or a Cam Reddish? Or would you rather just your angle is, well, I'd rather just work on the guy that we've already or keep the guy that we've already been putting the work into. Um, Yeah, I, I would lean on the side of keeping the guy we put the work into. I guess that's where I sort of stand. But to get back to your original question, before I get too far off topic, I think like the one that does somewhat piqued my interest is the Cam Reddish and Noel one. Um, Mostly because, you know, I actually think that is kind of feasible. I mean, obviously we allegedly had some sort of discussions um, or, you know, in this sort of ballpark, the Knicks would need a point guard. Um, I'm sure Rich Paul wouldn't object to his clients going to play in New York. You know what I mean? So, 
it it seems like that is something that could feasibly get done. To your point, Cam Reddish has a lot of upside. He's also only 22. Um, and I do like the fact that we get back an athletic big man who can contribute. Um, contribute over the 82-game uh, season. I think questionable how, you know, he can be deployed in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't hate that trade for sure. I will flag there that... You know, it's easy, I think, to diminish even Kendrick Nunn's value to this team because he didn't play an entire season. But we we actually are creating another hole. Like, yes, we are addressing a little bit wing depth, theoretically, assuming Cam Reddish pans out. We are addressing, you know, big man depth, if Noel can stay healthy. Um, but we are creating another hole at, you know, the point guard position with a ball handler. So, sure. yeah, so that's where I kind of get into, I don't know that any of these really move the needle, but that is the one that I like the most. Cool. Yeah, I guess for this purposes of this segment, we'll just assume that we, we got a ball handler out of the Westbrook trade. But your point is well taken. Uh, the, the one trade that I'm actually in this group that I'm most keen to would actually be the Chumo Kiki. Chumo Kiki. I can't <laughs> say it's, I don't know what it is. Okay, Chumo Okiki deal. Just because I think this guy could be our next Trevor Ariza. He's 6'7", seven, 7'0", seven wingspan. Um, he has an insane steal rate over his, you know, Last two years in the NBA, his only two years in the NBA, 1.4 steals this year, 1.1 last year. Uh, He has shown the ability to space, although at poor percentages, he hit 1.73s this year. Um, And I've just seen him play. He's a very stout defender, very versatile as a wing. And this is a guy that you could really groom into. And I think unlike Cam Reddish, I don't think he's as reckless and crazy as Cam Reddish. And you could really just mold Chumo Kiki into the perfect role player and then you also get Terrence Ross a guy that we've been linked to for multiple years and who probably wants to become a Laker and he can shoot the lights out and maybe get hot for you off the bench or whatever and he also has more size than we've had recently so I wouldn't be too mad about that the OKC trade is way too low bali for my taste I've seen uh, iterations of this package thrown about and I'm like come on let's not sell THD that low we can probably get kind of Williams on our own if OKC rescinds his club option anyway so um, yeah, that's the one I'm most keen to. All right, moving on to the second pairing of three, or not pairing of three, second grouping of three. This one I call the younger tweener big. So these are going to be guys who are power forwards slash forwards. Are you ready for this group? Yeah. All right, number one, THT for Rui Hachimura. He's 24 years old, $6 million this year, $8.4 million qualifying offer next year making him a restricted free agent. Rui, by the way, he was injured for half the season, but he actually shot a career high from three-point land this year. I think he shot like 44%. It was at a low volume, but I think he hit 1.3. So that's play, uh, He played 42 games, and in only 22 minutes, he hit 1.3 threes and shot 44.7% from, from three-point land, Impressive. 49% from the field. So... I mean, that's pretty good improvement for a big man prospect. To be honest, so, I didn't even realize he played that many games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So THT for Rui Hachimura is the first one. Uh, the second one, and I want to caveat all these by saying, I'm not saying these are realistic. I'm not saying these teams would do it. I just looked at prospects that I was intrigued by. And yeah, so number two, THT for Precious Achua. He's 22 years old, obviously playing in the playoffs, or he was playing in the playoffs for the Toronto Raptors. 6'9", 7'1", wingspan. He's making $2.8 million this year, $4.3 million club option in 23-24, and then qualifying off for a restricted free agency after that. Precious Achua, Utah Watanabe, qualifying offer of $2.2 million this year, 
and Kem Birch to make the salaries work, who's making $6 million this year, $6 million in 2023-24. Really, the deal is for Precious Achua and maybe Utah Watanabe. Uh, third deal, THT for Goga Batadze, 6'11", 7'2", wingspan, former number 18 pick, 23 years old next season, going to make $4 million next season, then $6 million qualifying offer into restricted free agency in 2023. So Goga Batadze and O'Shea Brissett, who's going to be 24 years old next season. Indiana has a club option of $1.8 million next season for him that they'll pick up if we trade for him. And I think to make the salaries work, Indy probably also has to toss in a couple more minimum contracts to match THT. Uh, but essentially THT for Goga Batadze and O'Shea Brissett. So in totality, THT for Rui, THT for Precious, Utah, and Kem Birch, THT for Goga Batadze and O'Shea Brissett. Do you like any from that grouping? So I actually, and maybe I'm just overrating Rui a little bit because I'm a fan of Ter- Terasu House. <laughs> Terasu House? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and he is, he's been on that show, obviously, if anybody, if anybody watches. <laughs> that is your main reasoning for wanting to go for Rui. Actually. And I just feel like him coming to the Lakers would increase his exposure, maybe get further opportunities on other Japanese reality television shows. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but actually, I actually really do like Rui as a, as a prospect. I like to him since he was at Gonzaga, I think I had a little bit of concern, and maybe I, frankly, you've probably watched him more than I have because, or maybe not. I don't know how closely you've watched him, but I know you're, you do all the fantasy stuff, so you probably have tracked him closer yeah. than I have. But I was really concerned that this dude was just going to be like a very like tweener in the wrong way in the NBA, like six six eight, but. You know, nowadays you want six, your 6'8 six, guy to be a lot more on the Kyle Kuzma end of the spectrum in terms of athleticism. Like, you want him to have some lateral quickness, and you want him to be less on the Carlos Boozer end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. And I think because of Rui's mid-range game, especially in college, I was a little concerned that he was maybe too close on the Carlos Boozer end of the spectrum. But, you know... I, I don't know how good he is defensively, but as an offensive player, the guy has a super smooth game. He can hit a three, and if he's not totally busted, I mean, this dude is twenty three years old. So I and you know, I, I just have to think that with his length and and his size and the fact that he could play the three and the four and theoretically switch, maybe not switch onto guards necessarily, but if if you if there is any defensive upside in him. I'm really, really high on Rui as like a prospect moving forward. And and so that's the kind of thing where I think I would be definitely willing to take a shot. And maybe, you know, the Wizards would be willing to take a shot too because they have obviously Kuzma now who no, exactly. they did not that's have. That's why I put they, him here. Exactly. So they didn't have Kuz when they drafted Rui. They they also have, uh, what's that dude's name? Denny? I forget his last name. Denny Avdia or something Yeah, like yeah. That. I don't know how to and say his have- last name. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and if you saw Bradley Beal's offseason interview after this one post-game game, he said, the type of guard we need is a big guard who can sort of handle the ball and do everything. And I'm like, oh, that's THT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, you know, it's like they could use like the opportunity to rebalance their roster a little bit. And yeah, I, I don't know. I personally really like Rui as like a guy who can come in and you can hopefully mold into a player that, you know, the player that we were molding Kyle Kuzma into sort of um, before we traded him away. So it would be kind of nice to get someone back who 
you know, is on a rookie deal, and I guess he's been in the league for three years at this point. So you're getting to the point where you are going to have to make decisions on him at some point, but in the near future. But I, I just, I don't know. I've always been a fan of his game, and and he's a smooth offensive player. And if if you've seen him play and could tell me that he may have some defensive upside, then I I think that would seal it for me. No, yeah, I think he does. He has great size and a long wingspan. People called him the Japanese Giannis. That's obviously not going to happen, but who knows? Um, I So I think out of these three, I'm okay with any of these deals just because if we move on to the Precious deal, you're essentially trading for him with more control than I think. Uh, actually, about the same. He's going to have a club option in 23-24, but he doesn't, Precious Oshawa doesn't reach restricted free agency till I think... 2024-25 season. So you have a little bit longer uh, time span with him. And then with this deal, you're also getting Utah Watanabe, who can be like a sort of wing power forward for you in the meantime while you wait for Precious to develop. But I think even this season, he proved very valuable to the Raptors, right? And showed the ability to space. And you see why um, Masai Ujiri invested in him. So I think Precious is sort of on the same potential upside range as Rui Hachimura and then you're also getting another flyer on a more established sort of role player type in Utah and then for the Indiana deal I'm not so much high in Goga Batadze he's just a young big that you can sort of fill the Zubats position with in the meantime I'm really more high on O'Shea Brissett um, so that's why I would do that deal but I guess there's an argument to be made that Indiana may just rescind their club option O'Shea Brissett make him an unrestricted free agent and the Lakers can try and sign him outright um, but I wouldn't be mad about any of these deals if they were swung. But I agree with you. I'm most high on the Rui deal. Okay, really quickly, and you don't have to go too in-depth on any of these players, my last grouping would be the veterans. And, I mean, from the outset, I think you can probably already tell they're not going to be that exciting. Um, and you're really trading upside and potential. And given what, you, given what you've already told us about THD, I think you're going to say no to a lot of these. But let's just see what your thoughts are. The veteran group. THT and Nunn for Royce O'Neal, 28 years old. He's going to make $9.2 million next year. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Juancho Hernan Gomez. He's 27 years old. He's going to make $6.6 million next year, although it's non-guaranteed. We'll see if it's, if Utah picks his option up. And then maybe tack in Nikhil Alexander Walker onto that as well. He's 24 years old, going to make $5 million next year. So THT and Nunn for Royce O'Neal, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Number two, THT and none for Kelly Olynyk, 31 years old, going to make $13 million this next year, partially guaranteed $3 million in 2023-24 of a $12 million deal. And then Hamadou Diallo, who's 24 years old. Detroit has a club option on them this year for 5.2. Last deal, THT and none to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, 33 years old. Marcus Morris Sr., by the way, just in case you were confused. Um... 33 years old, $16 million this year, $17 million next year. Uh, your thoughts on any of those veterans? So THT for Royce O'Neal, Juancho, Nikhil, Olinick, and Diallo, and then Marcus Morris. So I don't think any trade with a, the Clippers is ever going to happen realistically. Sure. Um, so and, and even notwithstanding that... I don't want to give the Clippers more dynamic guards, <laughs> you know, what oh, I mean? yeah. especially to a direct division rival. And I think Morris could help us, but I think Morris is really, honestly, the way he's utilized in that system is really his ideal role. Like, especially with Kawhi and Paul George out, as much as, as they've been out, um, Morris is very much like that isolation type of dude, and uh, you get the point. But I think of that one, of that uh, set of 
of hypotheticals. I actually like the... This is like crazy, but I kind of like the Olenek and Hamadou Diallo one. Mm, okay. <laughs> because I think like Hamadou Diallo, again, you're getting someone back who does fill a need. Um, he is a little bit undersized. I mean, not, I guess he's not undersized if you consider him to be like a two, but I feel like he's more ideally used as a three. Um, but, you know, not I, the point is overall, he's got some, uh, he's got some length. He's got some decent size for a two. And, and if he can sort of, you know, really refine that shot, because I feel like he's been fairly inconsistent. Like it seemed like his first few years in the league, he was ramping up. His three point shooting numbers were slowly creeping up. And then last year, I think he, I'm pulling up the numbers. He shot like 25% from three last year or something, which is obviously not great. Um, so if he can continue to develop on that end, you know he's going to continue to develop as a defender. Um, and so I, you know, the fact that we could potentially get him and Olenek, who I feel like, I, I, I've never been a fan of Olenek, but analytics love Olenek. So, well, you on know, the paper, he's a great spacing big who can pass the ball and exactly. kind of do Marc Gasoli type stuff. So. And he's apparently not a bad defender, too. So, yeah. you know, so I, I, I don't like, I don't hate that trade. Um, and I like the fact that it would get a spacing big next to AD. I feel like for the last couple of years, it's been sort of known that Olenek has is, is sort of developed into Brooke Lopez is maybe not the best direct comparison, but like more of a, you know, bigger, maybe seemingly slower, big. It's like who, Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez fusion together. Exactly. Exactly. He's like, like not as slow as Brooke Lopez, but not as like athletic maybe as, as Bobby Portis. He's somewhere in between there, but it's still solid and can hit a three. And I think on a team like this, you know, that could help a lot. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I like that deal, but I'd put the Royce O'Neal deal over it because, one, I like Juancho Hernan Gomez, and I like Royce, Royce O'Neal as just that perfect kind of lower-end Dorian Finney-Smith. You just like Hernan Gomez because you want him to be in more Adam Sandler movies. I do. He's going to be in that Spring Hill production movie. I think that's LeBron James' company with Adam Sandler. But but yeah, so with that said, those are my THT for wing trade options. We will close our episode out here now. And Tommy, I hope you were entertained and amused by that. Were you? I was very entertained and amused. Oh, perfect. And I hope the listeners were as well. So with that said, Tommy, I will catch you later. Later. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.